Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I'm super excited. We have an awesome guest with us. I have Dr. Jessie Sigander here with us and I'm super excited to talk to her because she has created the Brain Breakthrough Therapy Technique. And I'm really, really excited to hear more about it because it has to do with people who suffer from anxiety and trauma. So we talk about that a lot on my show. So this is awesome. So welcome, Dr. Jesse Sagander. Welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm really, really interested in learning more about what this brain breakthrough therapy is. Um, my audience members know that my children suffered from trauma. You know, I have an ex, and that's a very common thing when you get divorced because usually you leave a toxic partner while well, that toxicity then spreads over to the children. Yeah. So I'm really, really interested in hearing how this trauma therapy works for your patients. So please elaborate for us. Yeah. So brain breakthrough therapy is based on something called the neural organizational technique. Um, it was founded in 1980 from Dr. Carl Ferrari. And um, it's mainly a chiropractic technique. I'm not a chiropractor. My background is in education. And so um, my own daughter went through a similar therapy several years ago. And I saw tremendous changes in her. And I went, what is this? I have to know. <laughs> and so it has taken me um, down this new path. So I went through and learned um, portions of the neural organizational technique that are non-chiropractic um, and mixed that with what I know about education um, and created the brain breakthrough therapy. And at the core of what we're doing in a very simplistic term is, you know, I think we're all kind of created with this original blueprint or this original design. And there are things that can knock that blueprint off. And so for some people, that's a genetic predisposition. So I work with a lot of people with dyslexia. Well, dyslexia is usually inherited, right? It's, it's genetically predispositioned. Um, but we also know that trauma can knock off our blueprint. And so whether that be emotional trauma, physical trauma, like a concussion, um, or chemical trauma, um, all of those things can knock our body off its blueprint. And when our body is knocked off our blueprint, it doesn't respond in the way that it should, in the way that it's designed. So that impacts how we think, it impacts how we learn, it impacts um, our anxiety levels, it impacts our ability to process the world around us. And so on a very simplistic level, the goal of what we do is we help the body go back to its original design. And we help the body let go of some of those things that it was triggered into um, so that it can function the way that it was designed to function. I love that. And what I really find interesting is that you have a background in education. I also, I'm a teacher as well. So okay. I understand the importance and um, the importance of really teaching this to students, to kids, because it really does. I mentioned this on a podcast episode a few days ago. I did one on trauma and how it affects your brain and that new neural pathways are constantly being made. And that it's, it's Nala, guys. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> saying, um, that you can create these new pathways even if you've been affected by trauma and your brain is like hyper stimulated, basically. This like hyper vigilance where the person is constantly in fight or flight mode, which is like a survival mode. 
that you can retrain that brain. I love that. So that is, you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> That's exactly what we do. We actually look at your neural pathways and we go, where is there a disconnection and where there's a disconnection, let's reconnect it. So the basis of what I do is we actually look at your primitive reflexes. So we're all born with primitive reflexes. They help us eat and crawl and sit up and stand and walk. And once we use our primitive reflexes, they should integrate into our body after they've done their job. For a lot of people, if they have a predispositioned learning issue, oftentimes those primitive reflexes don't turn off. So that's that change in the blueprint. For a lot of other people that I work with, you know, I work with clients that are in their 50s and they'll say, I, I mean, reading was not hard for me until I was like 25. Okay, well, what, what happened when you were 25? Well, I was in an abusive relationship for a year. Okay, so we know that trauma, scientifically trauma can turn on some of those primitive reflexes again. And that's the thing that can turn off that, get our blueprint off again. And so what we do is we look at the neural pathways and we go, is there a primitive reflex that's turned on? Let's turn it off. Let's reconnect those neural pathways. Um, and and I, I, because my background's in education, I want to know, like on a physiological level, why? Why is it hard to read? Why is it hard to process? Where, where is your brain map disconnected? Let's go through and reconnect it. Um, and then for my clients who struggle with anxiety, it is just that. For anxiety and trauma, they come in and, and we look at the nervous system and we go, this nervous system is stuck in fight, fight, or freeze. How do we let the, tell the body, you don't have to go into fight, fight, or freeze every time you think of your ex, every time you pick up a book, every time you think of that teacher that made you feel stupid when you were seven years old, whatever it is, um, we want to put the body back into neutral again. I like how you use the example of the teacher too, because I really feel like that's, I think a lot of people get triggered and they don't know why they, their neural pathway was changed. And I think that teachers, and I'm not, because I am a teacher, I don't ever want to give teachers a bad name, but I think that there are a lot of ways we pick up on things that are not specifically said to us mm -hmm. that people don't say these cues that we pick up that people don't think we're worthy or people think we're stupid that they haven't said to us, but by the expression on someone's face when they're working with you. And I've seen it in classrooms. This is why I understand that it is something that can happen. So Absolutely. if someone is suffering from anxiety, it could be possible that they don't know why. I, have, I cannot tell you how many clients I have that walk in my door, especially, especially grown men <laughs> to my door and have anxiety and say, I'm on medication, I have anxiety, I'm, oh, I heard about what you do and I don't, you know. And I, my first question, so I always ask all my clients ahead of time, they take the ACEs survey, which I'm gonna assume, are you, you're familiar with ACEs, the Adverse Childhood Effects Survey? Um, I am, maybe my audience might not be, so if you wanna just- Yeah, it's a fantastic them. research project. Um, the Adverse Childhood Effects Survey, I think they surveyed 30,000 people in California over about 30 or 40 years. Um, and they found a direct correlation between the trauma, the amount of trauma you had as a childhood, child, and a direct correlation with um, obesity, heart disease, cancer, um, suicide, depression, all of that kind of stuff. So interestingly enough, I'll have people that will walk into my, my office and I'll say, have you had trauma? And they'll say, no. And I'll say, okay. And then I'll have them fill out the childhood, the ACEs survey, or we'll start doing some digging, and my gosh, your mom died when you were five, or your dad was a raging alcoholic, or your son committed suicide, all of that is trauma, and yet they, they're, they're fine now. 
they've dealt with it, they've moved on. And what I say to them is, okay, but maybe your body hasn't. Yeah. Because your body remembers. And so it's Absolutely. so powerful to have somebody that I work with for them to physically, as I think about that person, and for them to physically see and feel their body go weak. And for me to be able to say to them, that's just your body going to fight, fight, or freeze. Whether that be a huge trauma of the death of somebody, or whether that be, I ask them all the time, I'm like, think back to that kid that made you feel dumb at school. Mm -hmm. It goes weak when you think about them. And so your body remembers those things. So oftentimes, we just don't even realize the amount of trauma we're walking around with and what that does to us. Yeah, that is so true. Um, I talk about this all of the time because I do past life regressions with people. And I talk about how the memories are locked into well, their cellular memories. So even though our brains don't remember it, our body does and our body reacts every time we get a trigger. Uh -huh. and even though we don't know what the trigger is, our body does. And I think you're so right. I think people are walking around with memories from their childhood that they've blocked out because uh -huh. I mean, you don't remember those things and things that have happened to you in grade school. So if you think about all the things you do remember, oh my gosh, there's so much more that's right. Absolutely. And I think that's part of what I love about what I do is when we're looking at your primitive reflexes, I don't need to know what the memories are, right? Like I just know there's a disconnection. We're going to, we're going to tell the body turn, turn off. Um, but then when we do work through the nervous system specifically, we go through, we go through, oh man, we go through childhood and we go through family and we go through what are the things that cause you anxiety? What are those things that cause you, that are triggering you? We go through your marriage. I mean, we go through, all of it and just say to the body okay and I say to people all the time like it doesn't mean you're going to love your enemy it just means that we're going to put your body in neutral so that it doesn't have to react mm -hmm. you get into that situation and then I also do you know I just teach them really simple grounding exercises so we I part of what I what I the educator in me loves is that I get to teach, sit with my clients and teach them okay this is what happens to your body when you go into five or threes when you flip your lid this is how we put our lid back on. This is how we do this as a parent. This is what it looks like in your kids. This is how the next time you're going to go into a situation that you know is anxiety provoking. These are some really important things that you can do right now. But all of that is so much more effective when we have put the nervous system in a neutral state. I really like the idea of teaching parents to like how to deal with their children because I can tell you I did not do a good job of that when my son was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I had to learn how to totally reparent um, because first of all, I, what I was not aware of was that he had been through trauma. I didn't know because I didn't know what was happening when he yeah. was going to his dad's house because it was, yeah. you don't tell mom what happens here. Yeah. Like it's none of our business. And so I didn't realize I was dealing with someone with trauma. And I think for educators, so many times you're dealing with kids, you don't realize they've been through trauma and they're not going to react in the way that you would expect someone to typically react. And that's why it is so important to learn how to deal with Absolutely. Well, and then you just see these behaviors that don't make sense. Yeah. So they're like, I mean, they're either out of control, they get triggered by loud noises. Um, it's those kids that like refuse to engage whatsoever. Like they just completely checked out. Um, it's the kids who can't do transitions and they just melt down. It's the kids who have to control every little thing. It's the perfect, I mean, it, and, and beginning to, as a parent and as an educator, look at, okay, that's the behavior, but what's behind the behavior? What is the behavior trying to tell us? Because that is where we find 
And that's what's so important. And I, as a parent, I have two kiddos and man, it's easy for me to want to react to them. <laughs> but I stop and ask myself, I mean, it's interesting in this pandemic um, to see, I mean, to see both of my kids and how they have handled this. And I think, you know, we have this idea of this window of tolerance, which is like this, this kind of like, I, I equate to like a river, like you're going down a river, you're on a boat, you're floating down a river. And then one shore, there's like rigidity, right? With a complete control and rigidity. And on the other shore, it's just total chaos. And the goal, I mean, we're going to go up and down. Life's never going to be perfect or wonderful all the time, or we're not going to ever not have, you know, struggle with anxiety. But the, the goal is to be able to kind of ride that river down in your window of tolerance. And what I think begins to happen to a lot of kids and a lot of parents is that, man, that boat starts going to the, one of the shores. And so we find parents or kids who struggle and, and, and want to control something. So they become very rigid. Everything has to be a certain way, so many times a day in a certain manner. Or the opposite happens where everything is just complete chaos and that kid is chaos and their emotions are chaos. Or we can go, we can bounce back and forth on that boat. We can go from extreme rigidity to, you know, chaos and back and forth, back and forth. And so just figuring out like for each parent and each child, like what is my window of tolerance? What tools do my kids need to have to keep that boat floating down that river so that we're not bouncing back and forth so that we can keep trekking with life and we don't get stuck on one side or the other? Yeah, I think that's so super important to really have those tools because I know I've said this so many times, I've said it in my book even that kids don't come with them in instruction manuals and you know, you get a thousand page instruction manual for your brand new car yet they send you home from the hospital with a look of like god help them yeah good luck with that you know <laughs> we're so ill prepared so we just do what our parents did yeah and oftentimes that that doesn't work it's not well and sometimes like i i mean i i i have tried to parent my kids the way i needed to be parented and they don't need to be parented that way because they're not me. Yeah. And that has been, you know, I, I can think of a time with my daughter who I, I'm a pretty sarcastic person. And I could have used some more sarcasm or some more leniency in my life as a kid. And my sarcasm, and, and I, so I was parenting her in what I needed when I was her age. And she looked at me and said, mom, I don't like that. It doesn't feel good when you do that. And I went, oh my gosh, I was, I thought I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I needed, but I'm not, I wasn't actually listening to what you needed. That was so eye-opening to realize like, whoa, 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 I gotta take myself out of the equation and study my kids to see what they actually need from me in this moment. But I had a conversation with my son last week, who's 10, when I literally said to him, I'm like, buddy, I have never parented a 10-year-old you before. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I love you. And we have to be on the same team, headed in the same direction. So this is new for me. This is new for you. So we need to have like a weekly check-in where we go, okay, what's working for us in this relationship? What's not working for us? They said, my gosh, I don't want you to ever think that I have it all figured out. I don't. So we're going to have to adjust and we're going to have to work on this together and we're going to have to check in with each other. Um, but it was just like that, that moment where I was like, yeah, I don't I've not done this. I've not done this with you. Maybe I had another child your age, but it wasn't you. And you did something different from me than your sibling did. Yeah. I think that's so interesting too, that you had that conversation with him. And I, I love that too, because I've had to do that with my son as well, because what was happening wasn't working. 
you know, right. that's exactly that. the point I was at. Yeah. And I was fr so frustrated. And, you know, he said, mom, I just need, when I'm mad, I need to go take five minutes for you to not be in my face. I need the time. I need to go figure out what I need and what, you know, what I want to say. And I've got to take my time to cool off. And when that first started happening, it was that, well, I'm the parent. This, this, I say, you know, that does right. not work. And it especially does not work. I don't know if you're familiar with the term the indigo child, but he is definitely an indigo child. So rules and laws and things, everything has to be just and fair. Oh my, I have one of those. Yes. That's my son. That's yeah. 100%. <laughs> and his twin sister. I was having this conversation with this week. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just taught me as much as it has him. I mean, he's taught me as much as I've taught yeah. him about anything. And his sister is the total opposite because she's like a crystal child who loves animals and kids and wants to heal the world. And it's so yeah. different. And she'll just go with the flow. And he's very much like, that rule doesn't make sense. And you need to explain to me why we have this rule. <laughs> or if things, you know, if he doesn't think it should apply to him if it isn't fair or if it doesn't fit his situation. And that is a very interesting and difficult kind of child to parent. Mm -hmm. And you have to think outside the box, you mm -hmm. really do. And there's a lot of conversation with them as to, okay, what do you need from me? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And yes. that's humbling. Absolutely. A hundred percent raising one of those. And so I think it's been, it's been interesting in this time of trauma and crisis for the whole world to look at my kids and go, okay, what is anxiety, anxiety and trauma that we're all facing right now? How's that impacting you? Where, where are you at? Where are some of those behaviors coming from? What are some really practical tools we can be using right now in our family to handle the anxiety that we feel and to handle the uncertainty that we feel? And, um, and then just like checking in with them on a regular basis of, you know, mental health check-in, like on a scale of one to 10, where are you at today? Because sometimes it fluctuates so quickly right now. Um, but yes, I think it's been an interesting with my son. He's very much that indigo child. And for him, he loves order. He loves concrete things. He loves, and this has been a time of such flexibility because we just don't know. And what he said to me was, mom, I need you to not be so flexible. I need to have some really concrete things from you every day. I, I said, Betty, that's so fair. What I need from you is to be more flexible. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Just being able to ha have that give and take conversation between, and then just just check in once a week. Like how how's it going? Are we are we being a little more concrete with you? Um, and are you learning to be a little more flexible? But it's an interesting journey. It is, and I think that it's a lot of learning and unlearning for us as adults because it, I know my generation of my parents were in. It was not let's have a conversation. And just that, what are your needs? And these are our needs. It, there was nothing like that. It was, this is how it's going to go. And, you know, you don't get any input in it because it's got to be whatever fits our needs, our lifestyle, whatever. And I'm not saying like, oh, my parents were the worst. No, that's, that's just how it was. Absolutely. And so now I think that we've learned more, like we understand that doesn't work. Absolutely. Well, and even with my kiddos, we, we've started using that because I, I talk a lot about Dan Siegel's, you know, flipping the lid. 
And what I realized was I went, oh, they flip their lid and then I get really annoyed and then I flip my lid and then we're both in fight, fight or freeze and then it's just ugly. And so even giving them the vocabulary to say, hey buddy, your lid is flipped right now and I wanna have a conversation with you but we need to put it back on before we can have a conversation. Or, or hey buddy, um, mom's lid is flipped right now. <laughs> so if you push me, it's not gonna be good. I'm gonna need a few minutes and then I can get back to you. And then also like just giving them the tools. It's, you know, it's what I use with my clients all the time, but giving my kids the tools to say, okay, how do we activate your five senses right now to help that lid come back, turn back on? What can we do? Do you need an outway? Do you need to chew a piece of spicy gum? Do you need to take a hot shower? Do we need to put on your favorite, whatever it is, but realizing beforehand, what are the things that can really trigger us? Um, and then what are the tools that help each one of us calm down individually? Because again, it's different for each kid. Um, and then for myself, and then just allowing that vocabulary to be one that we use in our home. And of course, it's never 100% perfect all the time, because we're human. Yeah. And it's going to be, but I think it's so important um, to just help their bodies and their brains get out of fight, fight, and freeze, and not get stuck there, because that's what I see in my clients, that those people that there's so much fight, fight, or freeze, there's so much trauma that they just get stuck, and then they don't know how to undo it. And then that's where the cycle begins to spiral. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who realizes maybe that they're always in that fight, fight, the fight, flight, or freeze response mode? Is there some quick tools or activities that you can talk to them about that could just, at least, because I, I truly am a proponent of, you need to go and heal your stuff. Because if you don't yes. heal that emotional stuff, yep. you're never going to move forward and you're going to project it onto other people in your life and mm -hmm. you're going to have difficult relationships and everything suffers mm -hmm. when you're in, and, and you suffer because it's not fun to be in that mode all the time. It's Absolutely. It's so emotionally and physically draining. But is there a tool or a tip or something you could give to people who feel like maybe they're in that mode all the time? Yeah. So there's a couple things you can do. Um, I mean, if you have never done any body work around somatic therapy, do it. It helps your body get unstuck. Um, really practically, um, if you will flip upside down, it helps your vestibular system calm down. So if you will literally as an adult just bend your head down and stick it between your legs for 30 seconds or so, um, if you have kids, you can say, why don't you hang off the couch for a moment or why don't you go outside and do some cartwheels? The getting upside down triggers our brain to just have to stop and calm down for a moment. Um, another thing that I tell my clients all the time is it's something that we call peace blanket. So it's if you put your uh, one hand on your forehead and one hand on the back on the base of your head. And if you'll just hold that there for 30 seconds, a minute, a minute, 30 seconds, and do some deep breathing, um, it helps you have to be in the moment. It's so like when I'm struggling to go to sleep at night because my brain is racing, 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 if I'll put one hand on my forehead and one hand on the base of my back of my head and do some deep breathing, it helps my body have to calm down because it needs, it, it makes my body have to be present. Um, and then, you know, using those, those, your five senses, the more you can trigger one of your senses, the easier it is for your body to come out of fight, fight, or freeze. Um, and then I think just acknowledge, like understanding what really what's happening to your body. I mean, if we are constantly stuck in a, a stage of fight, fight, or freeze, our body and all of the systems in our body are in high alert. 
And that can look like, you know, that is so much, that's adrenaline pumping through your body all of the time. And that can impact, I mean, every system in your body. So I think just being aware, sometimes people will come to me and say, I have all these weird things that are happening, you know, like this, you know. And, and so many times it's just that the body's been in hyper arousal or hyperdrive for so long. And so it's doing the psychological work to deal with that. And then it's doing the body work to help your body get unstuck in those places. And there's lots of, I mean, there's somatic therapy, there's EMDR, there's lots of different ways that you can do it. Um, but we, we want to forget about our bodies and our body doesn't forget. It, it doesn't, doesn't forget and it doesn't lie. Yeah, absolutely. And I really feel like a lot of times we notice our bodies reacting before we notice our brains and emotions reacting. And it's when you go, you know what, I feel like I'm catching a cold, what's going on? Or why, why do I feel so drained right now? Why am I tired? Why do I have a headache? Why do I have, and right. it's your body trying to signal to you. Right. Hey, Get your attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then there's, I'm sure you've heard of this book, but the book, the body keeps the score is just one of my all-time, it's, it's like my Bible for what I do. I, it's fantastic. And it really, it talks about on another level, what happens when trauma happens to our body? What happens to our bodies? What happens to our brain? How do we handle it? Um, and I, I just think it's such an important um, piece for understanding um, what's happened inside of us. Yeah, you'll have to check that out, audience members, because I think that's important too. I think that, um, when we talk about our bodies remembering things at the cellular level and not releasing it, when you don't release it, and I'm not even just talking from this lifetime, I think people are carrying things from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. I think sometimes just being born is trauma for some people because it's like, oh, we're back again at this. Well, and I work with, um, I work with a lot of clients who bring, who bring in their adopted kids. And it's, it's one of the most fascinating things because the child may not even have the words or know, right, what happened in, before they were adopted, but the body remembers. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes when we work with kids that are adopted, um, afterwards we'll see this deeper attachment or this ability to attach to the, the, their family. Um, but we also, I have seen in a few cases where kids have kind of almost regressed, like afterwards wanted to like sit in their mom and dad's lap or be rocked or be held um, because their body was remembering and letting go of some things that they didn't even have the words for or they didn't even know that they were carrying. Um, so yeah, I think, and I, you know, I also, I worked with people who've had really traumatic births and that's trauma to the body. Um, and so that can be the thing that triggers that blueprint to get off that can then later in life show up in reading and writing and, you know, ability to connect and process and, and do life in the way that people expect you to do. I think that's just another thing that highlights that some of us are walking around with trauma, not even realizing we have trauma. You mm -hmm. know, I think most people know, well, yes, this happened to me when I was this age, you know, for me, I can say, yeah, I was in a toxic and abusive marriage and that was traumatic, but there are things before that that had to have happened too to trigger mm -hmm. that trauma because the patterns we follow in relationships and in different areas of our life stems from 
the trauma that we've had that we don't resolve. Because if yeah. you think, oh, I keep picking the wrong guy. Why do I keep attracting? And I keep telling people, it's your energy that's attracting it. And it's yeah. because you have this unhealed trauma, you know, yeah. this wound within you that has gone unhealed that's causing you to keep repeating the same behavior. So if you want to see different results, you have to do something different. You have to get to the core of the issue. That's, I'm such a believer in that. You've got to deal with the root of the problem. I, I, we're so quick to want to deal with it, you know, find the quick solution or the topical answer for something. Man, we got to get to the root. Yeah, that is so true. We are in a society today where people, and I'm guilty of this too, who will say, just give me a pill, give me a quick fix, yep. something that just takes no time, and then I don't have to go back and look at it. And I am one of the biggest believers that if you don't go in and heal it, it doesn't go away. It's still mm -hmm. there. It's going to spill out over into other portions of your life. It probably already is. I mean, I'm sure it already is, but it definitely will in the future too. If you want to see, you know, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy emotions, you've got to go do that deep diving inner work. And it's kind of yeah. like layers of an onion. Have you noticed that when you work with people? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I work, some of my clients are working with counselors and they've been working for years and they get stuck. And then they send them to me and then we go, okay, let's unlock some things. This is the next step. And then some of the people that I work with, like I said earlier, I don't think they have any trauma. And so they come to me and then they realize, oh, I've had some trauma. And then I go, okay, great. The next step is to go see a counselor or a therapist to work out the, the rest of the pieces. But yes, it for sure is a layering thing that, you know, you deal with what you can see at the time and what you can handle at that time. And then, then, you know, time passes and then you deal with a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I think too, I love counseling and I think that it's a great thing and I think it really works. But a lot of people want to rely solely on counseling and there are several things that i think about counseling number one you have to really really truly be in alignment with the counselor you have mm -hmm. and really trust that person and build a connection or else you don't tell the truth you don't tell everything absolutely make any kind of breakthroughs but number two i think that as good as counseling is i really do truly believe it can only go so far yeah I, and I know a lot of people will say, whatever, whatever, no, I truly, in my own experience, I went through years of counseling and it was great yeah. and it did a lot of good things for me, but I never yeah. got to the core root of issues that I got to doing counseling. All of yeah. that stuff came from me unlocking emotional trauma through mm -hmm. other methods, like mm -hmm. what you do. I didn't mm -hmm. go through the brain breakthrough therapy, but now I'm wishing I had, but I, uh, I, gone through other methods like doing past life regressions and doing meditations and and doing all of the deep journaling and forgiveness and what happened in my life and going through and trying to remember all of the ways in which like why am I feeling the way that I am and really trying to get to the root of it but I know that a lot of people don't even do that kind of work so what kind of results do people see when they work with you yeah so <laughs> Usually what people come see me for four reasons, anxiety, trauma, uh, dyslexia slash learning issues, and then concussion recovery. Um, so if you come to see me for anxiety and trauma, um, it really is that ability to get your body out of fight, flight, or freeze. So it's the ability to re-engage with those relationships that before have just triggered the, the life out of you. 
um, and to stay calm and to stay present. Um, if you are, you know, struggling with sleeping, have some of those aches and pains that are in your body, releasing some of that anxiety and trauma, man, it, it's like a restart. We like we reboot the system for your body. Um, people that come to see me for learning issues, oftentimes people will walk into my, my office and say, I'm here for trauma. That's so great. Let's, let me give you a learning screen. And then we look at it and they score 50% on a comprehension test, high school comprehension test. And I go, okay, your trauma is impacting your learning. Or are you one of those people that has to read something three times to know what you said, what it read? Okay, we could, that's, that shouldn't be. That's not the way that you were designed. So let's get, so for people that come to see me for learning, um, we work on, it, we, I do, because I'm an educator, we, I give a standardized reading test before and after. So we, I measure words per minute, fluency, and comprehension. So I do a pre-test and a post-test so that we can really objectively measure those things. So I have seen massive grade jumps, comprehension jumps, fluency jumps um, in learners, um, auditory processing issues. Um, for those people that struggle with, you're in a conversation and you may need to hear it again to fully comprehend it, or you're in a lecture and you may need to hear it again. Um, just getting that processing quicker and up to speed because those neural pathways are connected. Um, for people who are struggling with concussions, oftentimes um, it's, it's an array of things. So it can be like struggling to drive after a concussion or struggling to read small print after a concussion or struggling to go to the grocery store because there's lights and noise and people and it's so much of an overload. Um, and again, it's just saying to your body, okay, let's go back to the original design. Let's go back to you. We have concussions, you know, our jaw locks, our pelvis locks. We're trying to unlock the body and say, okay, this is the way that you're supposed to be. So, um, yeah, so there's, it's a, a lot of different ways. Um, I, because I am a teacher, I, I, I'm a, I like to measure things. So I, <laughs> if you come to see me for anxiety and trauma, we do a pre and post test PTSD survey so that we can look at where we're at. And um, if you come to see me for reading and learning and concussions, then I'm gonna measure you in an academic way. Um, every person that walks into my office, doesn't matter who you are, why you come see me, the first thing we do is we work on the trauma. Because whether you think you have it or not, your body probably does. And if you come see me for learning and say I have no trauma, I can guarantee you that showing up at school every day and feeling dumb is traumatic. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So that's always my first, so I, we first work through trauma and anxiety, and then the next thing that I work through with people is um, cranial issues and jaw issues, and then we go into the learning and then we actually go into the reading. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> I, so if somebody wanted to work with you or just learn a little bit more about you and what you do, how can they, how can they do that? Absolutely, you can go to thebrainbreakthrough.com. Um, you can, The Brain Breakthrough on Facebook and then Brain Breakthrough Therapy on Instagram. And I uh, see clients all the time. And then I also um, have several employees that are, we're expanding. We're slowly getting out into Oregon. We've got, I got one employee in Washington and one in Colorado. So we're slowly growing. Um, but my goal is to, to train as many people as I can to do brain brain therapy because it's so powerful. And um, I want people around the world to have access to it. That's awesome. So I'm also gonna have all of this information that she just shared with you in the description to the podcast. So if you didn't catch it, don't worry, you can go to the notes of the podcast and there will be clickable links where you can go to her website directly. And um, you said something too that about a coupon for my listeners. Today. Yeah, so if you are a parent, I also run a community called the ACT Parenting Community, Parenting in an Anxious World. Um, and it's a community, it's a community for anxiety. 
for families who struggle with anxiety. We know that about one in 10 kids is diagnosed with um, anxiety disorder. That's just the diagnosed ones. <laughs> That's pre-pandemic and the world going crazy. So um, we, I, I have an online course and um, I will give you a coupon that Give me a moment, I can say. The coupon code will be, you'll have a coupon code for you, but it'll be 20% off for the course. Um, and the course is really fantastic because it really looks at first, what is anxiety? What does it look like in you? What does it look like in your family? And then we actually look at psychologically, how do you handle it? And then physiologically, how do we handle it? So um, I actually give you some of the brain breakthrough therapy steps that you can use in your family, on your partner to deal with some of that physiological stuff that's the anxiety that's rolling around in your, in your body. Um, so yeah, so I will give you off a 20% coupon code for that course. We'd love to have you join us. I will have the coupon code in the description to the podcast, but I will also have it on my Facebook page. So if you follow me on social media, just go to my Reiki with Melissa page. And when you see the podcast information, you'll also see the coupon there. And I would highly encourage you to take advantage of that because let me tell you, I already knew that anxiety levels in kids has been increasing throughout the years. And I think social media is a big part of that. But I think that we're going to see even more of that after having gone through what's going on with the pandemic and what is going on with riots around the country, because it just gives kids this message that they're not safe and that there's a lot going on. And even though we as parents always try to make them feel that they're safe and we might tell them they're safe, what we tell them and what they're seeing happening around them are two different things and so well and I think even as we think as we I know the school year at least for us here is just ending but as we think about the next school year and the unknown and the difference and sometimes for kids anxiety is just triggered by things that aren't normal because it's just not things aren't the way we expect yeah so, they may be anxious about realizing they may have to wear a mask to school they may think they look <laughs> stupid in a mask and that how are they going to breathe and that may be another thing that adds to it so yeah. definitely pay attention to your kids and not to scare anyone but I just feel like it's so important to make sure that you are taking care of your kids emotionally as well as physically yeah and I would add to that you know one of the things that we talk about in the course which is so counterintuitive is that in order to deal with our kids anxiety we first have to deal with our own absolutely because you're and we have to help our kids regulate and so unless we know what anxiety looks like in us and unless we have the tools to deal with it in us it's really hard to offer our kids those tools and so I just think that's such an important thing it is because we're you know again all day long you can say do what I tell you to do this is how you should be but they're looking at you for cues and they're looking at how you do things so if you're anxious and nervous all of the time they're going to be anxious and nervous because that's what they're seeing is the norm. So I absolutely agree with you that you have to take care of yourself first. And it's like what they say in the airplane, put the oxygen mask on yourself yeah. and then on your child. And that's, it's true. You have to take care of yourself first. You can't be a good parent to your child if you're emotionally drained and mm -hmm. anxious all the time and always on that hyper overload, that hyper vigilance. Yeah. You cannot. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, you can't. So it's yeah. really important to take care of yourself. And when you take care of yourself too, I think it helps you to also help your children. Which is Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much, Jesse, for being here with me today. This was such a fun conversation. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you. Do you have any parting words or wisdom or anything that you would like to say to my audience? 
um, do the work. You can't outrun it. That's what I say to all my clients. I, you know, I work with from seven to 80. And, uh, you know, my eight-year-old clients, I say, you, you can't outrun it. It's going to catch up with you one day or another. So do the work now and be the healthiest you can be now. That's, that's absolutely amazing words of wisdom. Well, thank you so much for being here with me. If you want to work with Jesse, you can find all of her information in the notes to my podcast and on my Facebook page as well. I want to thank all of you guys for being here with me today. I love and appreciate all of you so much. I want to remind you that if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please share it with others. Please leave a review from wherever you're listening because that helps others to find me, which helps me in my mission to heal as many people as possible. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live on Facebook Mondays at 630 Central. I do a free card reading for you. And if you're there for the live, I will pick a card for you too. Also, I post videos to Instagram and I have my YouTube channel where I have free guided meditations. So go check all of that out. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll find a list of services that I offer, as well as how you can work with me. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.